You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome in to the uh, Texas tailgate with Texas coach Tom Herman. Tom, you are a great man for taking some time for our uh, our folks at Horns 24-7. Appreciate that. How are you doing today? Uh, doing good. You know, we had uh, uh, player meeting, uh, position meetings this morning, so it was good to jump in and out of those and, um, you know, check in on, on, our, on our guys and, and players and, and learn a little football. So I, I, I have found in, in the last few weeks that that's kind of the best way to, um, you know, really get to, to see all of our players. Uh, you know, team meetings on Zoom, you know, when you can only see 20 guys a page and you're trying to click, you know, 14 different pages is, uh, is difficult. So the, these position meetings have been a good way for, for me as the head coach to, to check in on these guys. And then, uh, you know, at home, we're, we're doing great, to be honest with you. It's the, the one silver lining in, in all of this is the, the family time that, that as a coach, we'll, we'll never get back, you know, and, um, you know, we, we've made the most of it. We've had family dinners, I think going on nine straight days, not nine straight nights now. So, um, it, that, that part, and we, we, we have a game night after we, we played, <laughs> the fans might like this. We, we, so we had a Easter brunch delivered to us. Uh, and, and we all had Easter brunch out on, on the patio. These last couple days of weather have been unbelievable. Um, and then we went inside and had three hours worth of uh, old school Super Mario Brothers and, and the four-player version. So we've got five in the family. So uh, I, I, we all had to take turns being somebody, but uh, like literally three hours of Super Mario Brothers. Uh, so that, that was fun. And, um, you know, we're making the most of it. And um, everybody's dealing with the same issues. And, uh, so nobody's getting a competitive advantage, if you will. So we, we feel good about how we've organized things. And before you ask the next question, uh, by the way, I do have my laptop plugged in, so <laughs> I don't think we're going to have to worry about it dying on me. Hopefully. <laughs> um, how, how about you, Chip? How is your 17 year old? Are you driving him crazy yet? Yet? Oh, is, he, is he ready to move out? It, it is. He said to me today, he's like, dad, I'm about to go crazy. I'm like, well, good. Go outside and do some yard work. It'll be, uh, it'll be great for you. I, I have been, I have been pressure washing a lot of the stone around our house. And, and that is very therapeutic to be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, I, I can sit there for, for hours just watching all the mold and pollen and, and dirt come off. And, you know, it's, it's been, uh, I, I've, I've done that, uh, a few times already in the past week. Well, I I want to have uh, some fun and get to some uh, lighthearted stuff, but you brought up the coaching online, and um, we have a question from uh, Sal Meister uh, at Horns 24-7, and he's asking, uh, with you and your team doing everything online right now, what are a few positive or even surprising things you've noticed that your players have done to provide connecting leadership? Well, I, I know they've had a few players only meetings, which, which is great. 
Um, I, I think that's, you know, it's also difficult, you know, because you, you don't know the message. And again, the, the technology with, with only being able to see about 20 some odd guys is, is difficult. You know, anytime we have a team meeting, you're, you're talking about 105 players, maybe 100 players, plus all the coaches and support staff. So there, there's there's close to, to 200 people that are on uh, meetings like that. So um, we're, we're certainly respecting the, the governor and the mayor and the president's wishes of, of social distancing. Um, so we're not throwing and catching right now. I, I do know that uh, Sam Ellinger uh, has a, a makeshift weight room in, in, in his garage to where the, the guys um, that, that are here in Austin and can use obviously up to about eight or nine at, at a time uh, and, and keeping a safe distance from each other. But um, other than that, it's, it's really about uh, communication. We, we put, you know, I've, I've, I've got a leadership council of about 14 guys and, and I gave about two weeks ago, I gave each one of those guys a, a player or two, an at-risk guy, maybe a guy that's struggling academically, struggling uh, in life, struggling in, in football, in his, in his you know, place on the depth chart. Um, and, and those leadership council guys, they, they check in with that player literally every single day, whether it be text, FaceTime, phone call, whatever. So I think those are probably the, the biggest you know, individual away from coaches, things that, that our guys are doing. They're, they're really trying to find ways to, to work out in, in small, small groups. I know we've got a few guys in Houston that uh, have a, a weight room that that's open as long as they keep the, the group really small and, and they're kind of getting together over there. And so uh, we're, we're, we're making the most of it and our, our guys are doing a, a really good job. I, I haven't, there hasn't been one single player that's kind of thrown in the towel, if you will, and, and just said, I'm, I'm not going to do anything because I'm, I'm too overwhelmed. It would seem um, it would seem that the pandemic and in, in terms of its effect on recruiting might have uh, the biggest impact on graduate transfers since some of their um, since some of their graduations are about to occur or were about to occur. Is that accurate? And where are you seeing, you know, the pandemic, um, you know, affecting things? And uh, what positions would you be looking for in the in the portal with a grad transfer? Uh, definitely linebacker. You know, we're just so thin there right now in terms of numbers um, and experience. So we're 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 looking for for a linebacker. That's that's no secret. I, I do think it's difficult for these guys because. You know, in, in talking to uh, a grad transfer candidate just the other day with him and his dad, you know, they're, they're faced with the reality of, you know, my, my semester is going to end in mid-May, but I may not ever get to, to visit the, the school that, that I want to enroll in. And that's going to be a, a difficult proposition uh, for, for a lot of guys. And I, I think... If June 1 rolls around, which is looking like more and more of a, a long shot, if, if, but if, if we can, you know, work out with our players, if we can have recruits on campus, all of that, I, I, I would think those guys would, would wait and take some visits. 
if, if it turns into July 1, I, I think some of these guys are just going to have to make a decision uh, based on gut, based on faith, based on depth chart, all, all of the above, and, and try to get in. Um, because, uh, again, we, we, can't, we can't do anything with them from a coaching standpoint, whether it be, you know, on the field, technical, uh, weight room stuff. We, we can't do any of that until they're enrolled in summer school. And so obviously summer one is probably off the table be, because they are, you know, still trying to figure out if they, if they can go visit campuses. But if we start bleeding into summer two, meaning the, the terms, then yeah, a lot, a lot of these, these kids are, are going to be faced with some, some really tough decisions based on not being able to, to visit the schools that, that they're interested in. Well, and in terms of social media, my man, Jeff Howe over at Horns 24 seven, um, you know, what, uh, how, how has this affected the way you use social media since it's one of the best tools to connect with, with fans, with recruits, with, with your, your team, um, How's that changed? Yeah, it, it's on overdrive, to be honest with you. Um, it's, it's our, uh, other than this, it's, it's really kind of our, our only way to, to interact. And so, uh, you know, I've been on record many times talking about the, the impact of social media in, in this um, technology age that, that we live in on you know, out of state recruiting, you know, and, you know, a, a kid from Beaumont, Texas, 20 years ago, you know, when, when did he ever see or, or connect with, you know, a, a program in the Midwest? Well, maybe if they were the game of the week, you know, the national game of the week that, that, that week. And, and then that was it where now with, um, you know, pretty much every game being televised and the these kids have an access to the social media accounts that can give them a, a, a deep dive in, into their program and kind of a behind the curtain look, you know, it is certainly nationalized recruiting where we're recruiting prior to social media and prior to the, uh, the, the advent of all the, the cable television and satellite television and on-demand television um, recruiting was very regionalized. And so we've got to do a great job. I think, um, you know, we're, we're going to do a really good job keeping the, the best players in Texas home uh, for this recruiting class and, and moving forward. Um, but the, the social media team, you know, headed by Matt Lang and Tony Turnquist and Derek Ochoa, uh, th those guys um, are knocking it out of the park uh, in terms of, of getting our brand, getting our program in front of uh, these recruits and in front of the fans. I, maybe the, the funnest night that I had was that Thursday night when they played the, the 06 Rose Bowl and the ESPN did, a such, a, did such a fan, fantastic job treating it like just a game and, and, it, and it literally felt like we were watching a live football game and our, our social media team did such a good job preparing for that day. And uh, I can't thank them enough. Yeah, no, that, that was great. And, and you and your football staff 
change the game for how Texas athletics uh, uses social media. So kudos uh, to you for, for getting that done. Okay. Yeah, were, were you, were you as surprised as I was when I got here at, at how antiquated that, uh, uh, I mean, wow. there literally wasn't even a football dedicated social media person, let alone a team, uh, no, no video, no creative, no, no anything. And I was just like, I mean, like, like where, where have we been? Let's go guys. We got to go. You well, know? One of the things that you asked for and said, Hey, we need to be able to run our own show. And thank goodness for that, because you've since passed everything on to the rest of the athletic department. Um, all right. So Tom, we'll, we'll lighten it up a little bit, do a little rapid fire. Um, what was your first car? Uh, Technically, my first car was a used uh, Nissan pickup. Um, that, that would have been maybe 1990, 91, something like that. Now, it had a lift kit on it. Here's the funny part. had a lift kit on it, but it was, it was still a two-wheel drive, so it, it was all for show, right? But uh, I, I think uh, me and my mom you know, with the, the money I earned at Subway and, and working at the batting cage and her helping me, I, I think back in 91, I think we paid $4,000 for it, something like that. Um, my first real car though, like the one I drove uh, dang, dang near into the ground was I had a, a, a 93, 94 Honda Civic, two doors, uh, no power windows, no power steering because it was cheaper. Like you try parallel parking a car. I don't care if it's as small as a, a, a Honda civic with no power steering. Um, but I, I literally drove that thing for 10 years. I think I put 180,000 miles on it. And all I had to do on that was change the oil and the tires every so often the windshield wipers, but what a, what a fantastic car. And I actually, wound up selling it 10 years later, I think for 900 bucks when, when we, Michelle and I were in Huntsville looking to buy a, a, a used uh, Dodge Durango. Wow. So. Wow. Okay. Van Halen or Van Hagar? <laughs> I don't know what Van Hagar is. Okay. That, that's when Van Halen took Sammy Hagar as a oh, instead of David Lee Roth. Yeah. Oh, and these can be one word. Man, it, the the their first album with with Sammy Hagar was so good though. I'm, but the the previous albums were, um, man, I I gotta go for for longevity. David Lee Roth in terms of they they had multiple kick ass albums where, you know, what what was the uh. 5150, I think was the name of the album. The first album was, was Sammy Hagar. Yep. That, that album's off the charts too. So I don't, it's, it's obvious that, you know, the, the lead singer in, in some bands is irrelevant, right? That the, the music writing and, and playing by the Van Halen brothers is, um, you know, is, is what made those bands. Uh, box Hager, Hager all day. I, I got you. Say, uh, I mean, I, all day. I don't know all day. I mean, <laughs> there are some days where, 
I, I want to hear a, a little, uh, you know, David Lee Roth and, and, and more kind of glam. And then, uh, you know, I want to hear Sammy too. So I, I remember buying the CD. The, there's probably some, some people that are posting on here that don't even know what a CD is, <laughs> but buying the, the, the 5150 CD, uh, and, and rocking out to it. So, I, I, that's a tough, I haven't ever been asked that one, but that, that's a, that is a tough one. Boxers or MMA fighters? No, I'm kidding. Um, all right. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, here's a question from Texas Realtor. Uh, coach, huge fan. Please share with us a behind the scenes story of a conversation you've had with Chris Del Conte that meant a lot to you. Oh, you know, we, we've known each other for almost 15 years now, you know, so we've had a lot of conversations that have meant a lot to me. Um, I, I would think just his support uh, in the coaching transition and the, the, the understanding that, you know, to, to get the, the best of the best coaches uh, – to the University of Texas that, that we were going to need to pay them. Uh, we were, we were going to need to give them multi-year contracts. They all had really, really good jobs. You know, we, we lured a couple guys away from coordinator titles just to become position coaches. Um, so, you know, that, that, that really meant a lot to me. Uh, I don't know if that's behind the scenes because I guess yeah. all of them all kind of saw the, 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 the end result of it, but um it was definitely the, the, the point of our relationship that has meant the most to me was, you know, the fact that, I mean, we, we've invested, I think, I think the last time I added it up, I mean, I think close to $9 million in assistant coaches salaries. And, and I know in a time like this, you know, money is, is the, is at the forefront of, of what we talk about. But, but back then we, no, no, nobody knew what, what was, um, to be headed our way. And so, um, he, he literally, I mean, it was dang near carte blanche and, uh, allowed me to go get the guys that, that I believed in and, uh, that I felt would, would complement our program. And, um, He's phenomenal. Just just so everybody knows, and, and our relationship's great. We we talk a couple times a day. Um, I don't have service in my house, so FaceTime is is the only way that we communicate. We we don't. There are times of the day where we we definitely don't want to talk or look at each other because of, of what we're doing uh, in in that time, but. Um, uh, he's been so accessible. He's been, uh, very, uh, asking of me, uh, you know, my opinion, you know, as he goes into these different athletic director meetings, I mean, he's meeting with university president presidents and, and, uh, you know, co commissioners and Mark Emirate, the, the head of the NCAA. So, I mean, uh, you know, for, for him, I, I know football, is is very very important to him, and is obviously the economic engine that that drives our department. But um, you know, he, he's got so many things to think about 
when he when he hops onto those meetings and and for him to to take the time to to ask my opinions on the different topics is it's meant a lot to me all right this is a question from uh mr fu man chu 206 who wants yeah, to fu man, i'm fu man chu 207 <laughs> unbelievable what a coincidence fu, baby um what uh from what you saw in conditioning is jordan whittington fully healed from his sports hernia surgeries and ready to go um uh, and given his cross training at running back and now receiver uh, how can you use him to gain a schematic advantage? Yeah, I, I, I do think he will be ready to go. Uh, you know, if, if we were to play a game tomorrow, he would play. Um, he's still got a little soreness, some scar tissue down there. I mean, two different surgeries um, in your pelvic region is not ideal. Um, but but he's, he's on the mend and, and – was full speed, full clearance on, on, on the winter conditioning drills. So we're, we're excited to see him back and, and healthy. Um, and then I think the cross training really allows you to maybe be in some 10 personnel if you, if you consider him a wide receiver. So him and Jake kind of both in the slot, but maybe the, the next snap, Jay Witt's in the backfield and, and you're in a um, – a 20 personnel set, but with four wide receivers on the field, if you, you know, depending on what you classify Jay Witt as. And so, um, you know, when, when we started this offense way back at, at Rice, you know, and then, and then evolved at, at Iowa state, and then certainly learned a lot at Ohio state, you know, the H the, the whole reason it's, the letter is there, you know, there's X, Y, and Z, obviously, which is traditional football for the last hundred years, but the H stood for hybrid. And we wanted a guy at that position um, that, that could do both that could line up in the backfield and take handoffs and block and catch passes out of the backfield, but also split out into the slot and, and run routes um, and, and do things out there. So um, those two guys, Jake Smith and Jordan Winnington, when you look at their high school experience, uh, you know, Jake Smith, obviously with, with him having played actual running back uh, and then Jay Witt playing kind of a wildcat quarterback, as well as then his first year here being trained as a, as a running back, we're finally getting to kind of what we a prototype of that position. We, we've had to adapt, right. To get, to get our best 11 on the field, it was, um, you know, what Armani Foreman and, and some other guys at, at age our first year. And then obviously LJ Humphrey, the second year, which was a completely different model of, of what, you know, we, we had looked for in a, in a slot receiver. And then Duve last year was, was, was different. We, we did line him up in the backfield a little bit and, you know, he, he carried the ball a few times. I think he scored a touchdown on the ground against West Virginia. So, um, but these two guys are, are probably the most prototypical hybrid guys that, that we have had since we've been at Texas because of their background uh, in the backfield. Uh, this question comes in from Paladin 11. What position group would you say is the biggest strength and what position group are you most worried about for 2020? 
you know, we, we never really kind of rank our position groups. Um, so I'm, I'm having to think here for a second. I, I, I would think, you know, that the depth at quarterback is going to be phenomenal, you know, uh, with Sam and Casey, and then you sign the two best quarterbacks in the state of Texas uh, in the same year. And those guys will be here. That That's certainly a strength on, on that side of the ball. Um, I think probably secondary, you know, just be, because of, you know, the, the safeties and corners that, that we've signed, uh, we, we haven't done a great job developing them, but, and they've also been really young, but, um, I, I think those guys provide a lot of depth and athleticism and then most worried about, I, I still go back to linebacker. We're, we're just so, especially moving to a four man front and, and Joseph Osai and, and Byron ha, uh, Vaughn's being moved down to the line of scrimmage. You know, we're, we're just, we're really thin there and, um, and inexperienced. So, um, it, it doesn't worry me. I, I hate to use that that term, but it's it's the one that uh, I'll be watching the the most for um, some guys to step up and and take the bull by the horns. All right, and this question comes in um, from the Facebook chat, I believe, from Patricia, Coach. What's a rule change you would like to see happen? Oh, um, the targeting. We 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 got to fix targeting. Um, I, I am just as physical of football as, as we pride ourselves in playing and, and we always will, you know, I, I've said it before that there, there, nobody's ever won a championship in, in this sport, great sport in, at any level, whether it be, you know, peewee football to junior high to, uh, high school to college to pros. And, and the head coach was asked, coach, how did you win this game? And, and the answer was, well, we out finessed everybody. That's never happened, okay? And and when it does, you'll you'll see my keys on my desk, and Michelle and I will be in Key West or California somewhere because I'm out. Uh, this is a physical, physical game, and um, you know, I, I just we, we we legislate intent on so many things in in so many different sports. That's the reason there's a yellow card and a red card. There's a reason why there's a flagrant one and a flagrant two in basketball. So I don't know why we can't have a targeting. Yeah, he hit the guy in, in the targeting zone, but he didn't mean to. Or it was, it was uh, you know, there's so many times targeting happened. I mean, we're, we're talking about milliseconds and, and electricity throwing, flowing through the brain on, okay, here's this, here's this target. I'm going to target right here. And then all of a sudden I uncoil my hips and then I leave my feet just a bit. And then the next very split second, that target drops. Right. And so I'm, I'm done. I can't, I can't take it back. I can't take my spot back. And I, and I hit the guy in the target zone, targeting zone. Great. You want to, you want to penalize this 15 yards. I'm good, but don't kick the kid out of the game. If he if he's not playing dirty, if he's not trying to, um, you know, play by the rules, I just there's got again in in every other sport we legislate intent. We actually do in our sport too. We we call it unnecessary roughness, right? Or unsportsmanlike conduct. 
So you're telling me what that kid meant to do. Okay. So why can't we do that with targeting and allow the young man to, to stay in the game? This, uh, this comes in from tall horn, 1997. How would you describe yourself and your personality to someone who didn't know you? Thanks and hook them. I want to know how tall tall horn is like to, to put that in your handle. Like, I mean, you gotta be six, six or above, bro. Like I told my wife, I was tall, but I'm, I'm six foot. She, she found out very quickly. I'm, I'm not tall. Um, my, my personality, I, I think the one consistent, you know, I, I, I see a lot of different comments about the, the new coach Herman during this pandemic. I'm, I'm the same guy for 45 years and I'm, I'm the same guy, win, lose or draw uh, to our players and, and our coaches. Uh, my personality, I, I think, you know, fun. I like to have a good time. You know, I, I think life is too short. You know, we're, we're, I call what, what we do, how, how we run our program, the grand experiment, you know, um, that we can win championships as, as we did at the University of Houston and, and we played for one here and still have a great time doing it. You, you, you don't have to be miserable. Uh, you know, I've won a national championship as an assistant and I didn't have a whole lot of fun that year. You know, um, I, 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 I enjoyed the players and, and uh, the, the fellowship with the coaches, but I, I do think that, you know, we, we work too hard. We work too long. We, we spend too much time away from our family um, to not have a good time, you know, and, and the old Confucius quote, you know, if you, you choose a profession you love, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. That's how I feel. You know, I, I, I chose to do this for a reason. Uh, because I love it and I, I love um, seeing the maturation and, and being a part of the maturation process of, of young men and, and, and helping them grow into, into great citizens and human beings and, and husbands and fathers and employees, the whole nine. And, and to do it through this vehicle of, of college football is, is my passion. And so I, I think consistent, fun, um. Oh, I don't. I don't know the right adjective, but unreserved. You know, I, I'm. I don't. I don't have a good filter, right? If it pops into my head, I'm gonna say it. Um. Uh, and that's me. <laughs> you know, like I, I just. That's who I've been. Um. And then caring. You know, I. I I care deeply about our players. I care deeply about our staff. Uh, you know, I, I fight every day for, for them and, and um, the things that they need. And I don't want to, I don't want to go too far in. I feel like now I'm starting to brag a little bit, but um, uh, yeah, consistent, you know, I'm, I'm the same guy every day and I've been the same guy for 45 years. Um, you know, fun, uh, caring, and then, you know, competitive. I, I, you know, Mac, Mac told me a long time ago, you know, when the, the, the losses hurt more than the wins feel good, it's a time to take a step back. And, 
I'm not quite there yet, but, <laughs> but I'm getting there uh, because, you know, we expect to win so much here at Texas and, and, and I do too personally and, and the expe expectations that, that I have for our program and that we have inside the building are, are never going to be lower than anybody outside of our building. And so uh, we, we want to win at everything that we do and, and we want to at least give our best shot at everything we're do, we do. Um, this comes in from Nero1691, who asks, uh, and maybe on, a player on offense and a player on defense, um, who we aren't talking about now, who will probably be making a difference by season's end. Oh, I, I, I hate to single out players because I always forget, and then <laughs> I forget a guy or two here or there, and then feelings get hurt and all that, but... In this case, I, I will. Um, I think, you know, there's a few O-linemen probably that uh, have, have a chance that maybe we're, we're not talking about. Um, Christian Jones, Willie Tyler, Reese Moore, Rafiti Grimai, Tyler Johnson. I mean, all those guys are, are going to have an opportunity to compete. Um I'm trying who we're not talking about. I don't know who you're talking about, to be honest. <laughs> so I don't I don't get on the site. So I don't know if I'm just being repetitive at this point because of uh who you guys already are, are talking about. Maybe um there a young guy on defense who hasn't gotten a lot of playing time who you think could start. Uh, hang on, I gotta recognize Desiree for for her post. <laughs> there. You're absolutely right, Desiree. Nice job. Um, a young guy on defense. You know, I think Kenyatta Watson could make some noise. I think David Benda uh, could make some noise. Obviously, Tavondre Sweat played quite a bit last year, but but he's going to factor in a lot as, as a true sophomore. Um, trying to think. You know, unfortunately, because of injury, I mean, let's be honest, DeMarvion Overshawn hasn't played a whole lot. Um, and, and we're planning on him contributing quite a bit at, at the will linebacker spot. So, um, the, the good thing is when you, when you're so young and inexperienced and, and injured on defense in one year, the following year you become experienced and, and veteran. So, um, that, that side of the ball, you know, I, I, I think, you know, Brennan Eagles is probably poised to have a have a great year. I, I think Marcus Washington as well, who who played sparingly uh, as a true freshman. So I think, you know, some of these incoming freshmen, you know, Alfred Collins and Prince Dorba and Bijan Robinson are, are guys that we're we're all expecting to to contribute. All right. Uh, speaking, I of think I'm allowed to say them by name since they signed. So. Yeah. I hope I didn't, didn't just break a rule. I think you're. I think you're good. Um, okay, we just had the the OU uh, little uh, text in there. What's this comes in from Welcome, Leo. Connor H three three three? What's uh, what's a key to beating Oklahoma this year and ending the Sooners five year reign atop the Big Twelve? Oh, I I, I don't. I don't want to be dismissive or, or avoiding the question because uh, that's not, not 
what we came here to do, but I mean, there are so many more things that we have to tackle before talking about game planning for Oklahoma in, in terms of the logistics of the coronavirus and, and housing our guys, feeding our guys, working out our guys, training camp, what's the season look like? Um, I, I think for the most part, uh, except for the end of the third and, and fourth quarter uh, two years ago, I, I think we played as good a defense against them as anybody in the country. And um, so we need to play, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, one and two in the, in the regular season against them. And in, in both those years, we, we didn't score enough points. That, that offense is going to score and they're going to score a lot. And they probably will again this year. And, you know, we, we've got to do a really good job, obviously, of, of playing as good a defense as, as we have the last three years. But um, we got to do our part offensively and, and in the kicking game. All right. This, um, this question comes in from George Bailey. And uh, with position rooms getting more and more competitive, how do you keep talented players connected uh, when they don't feel like they're getting enough playing time? Uh, well, we have honest, open conversations with them. You know, we, we don't, we don't beat around the bush. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to tell a kid he's great when he's third string. Uh, we're we're going to give him honest feedback about what he needs to do to improve and compete. And then it's up to him. You know, we, we recruited every player for a reason because we thought they could be starters at the university of Texas. We, 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 we don't recruit backups. Right. And so, um, you, you, you're just very honest with them and, um, you keep them engaged and you keep them motivated by, by giving them little chunks of goals that they can, they can, you know, work on to, to get themselves in the position, uh, that, that they need to be. I, I think one of the things, you know, that, that we talk about all the time is, you know, kids say this all the time. Well, I'm a, I'm a grown man. I need to be treated like a grown man. Well, one, act like a grown man. Uh, and, and two, how do you, how do you say I'm a grown man? And then mommy or daddy is calling me to talk about playing time. So it, it's, it's one or the other. And, and so we, we deal directly with the player when it comes to um, recruiting and we are very, very specific, or when it comes to playing time, excuse me, and we are very, very specific uh, in terms of the, the, the things that that young man needs to do to get the playing time that, that he desires. This, uh, this comes in from Shiner Ryan with the recent report that 88% of athletic directors, I think they were pulled anonymously, are in favor of expanding the college football playoff. What are your thoughts on an eight-team playoff? Yeah, I would love it. I, I, I think the more the merrier. I, I think, you know, every other collegiate sport has some kind of expanded playoff, right? We've, we've got the regional, super regionals, college world series in baseball. We've, we've got the NCAA tournament in basketball. You know, so we, we, we've got tournaments basically in – everything, every other sport. And so 
eight teams would be great. Uh, you know, my nirvana w would be, you know, four 16-team conferences. You, just the, the math adds up, right? I think we're at 65, 66, something like that, power five schools. I would want um, four 16-team conferences. You, you, you take the, the four conference champions, you take the top top ranked group of five team, and then the other three at large, if you will, then you, you still have a role for the, the committee to, to put those, those decide who the, the three at large teams uh, would be. So, uh, but again, I, I've gone on record. I, I don't, we got to get uniform scheduling fixed before we get any kind of playoff expansion because we're, we're literally comparing apples to oranges. You know, the, our first two years here, uh, us and USC were the only two teams in the country to play um, 11. We played 11 power five schools in back-to-back -back years. That takes its toll. There are, there are some conferences where they won't go more than four straight weeks um, without playing, uh, having a bye week or playing a non-power five school. Where, where we, we play only three conference games, one of those being a Power 5 school. So we play 10 Power 5 teams this year, and we play nine straight. You know, our bye week is after non-conference, and then we play nine straight Power 5 schools. Like, that that takes its toll um, significantly on, on your players and, and your staff and, and everything affiliated with your program. So... Um, until every conference schedules the same, has the same amount of bye weeks. I mean, in those two years that that we played 11 Power 5 schools in back-to-back -back years in a 12-game season, there were some schools that only played eight. Like, you, you play four, you play two FCS schools and two Group of Five schools, you go 4-0, and oh, you go 4-4 four and four in, in your league, and you're an eight win team. You're eight and four, you know? And so, uh, I, I just think there, there has to be some way that, that we can devise some kind of uniformity, not only in how many conference games we're playing, but in how many power five opponents we're playing. And then how many consecutive weeks is, is each team going playing a power five opponent? Um, this question comes in from, Facebook, I believe. Um, actually, let me let me grab this other um, question real quick. How do you view the transfer portal? That's from iHorns. How do you view the transfer portal? Um, from Free. afar? I mean, they <laughs> um, uh, from a distance, right? Uh, no, I. It really hasn't changed anything on our end. At, at all, you know, we, we've never been in the business of um, blocking kids from from going where they want to go, especially grad transfers. You know, we, we let John Bonney go to, to Texas Tech in the middle of training camp, you know, and, and we, we want what's best for players. Trust me. And you've you know done well do. in the grad transfer market. What's I mean. that? You've done well in the grad transfer market. We, yeah, we, we, we have with, with um, 
with Watson and, and, um, you know, Calvin and, and obviously Parker, you know, so we, we have, so I, I don't think, but again, the grad transfer existed before the portal too. Right. So really all the portal did was it, it told schools that they, they couldn't block a kid from a, a specific school and they, the kid technically didn't need to go to a coach to, to get his release signed. He could just go straight to compliance. So, you know, A, we, we didn't block, we've never blocked any kid and B, um, you know, nine times out of 10, if a kid wanted to leave, he was going to come see a coach, uh, not go to compliance. So it really hasn't changed our order of business very much. Um, the, the one thing that has is the NCAA's willingness to, um, grant the, the, the waivers for the, the one-time transfer. So, um, you know, there's a proposal that's going to get voted on in May that, that I think, you know, players are, are going to be able to transfer one time in their career, like every other sport, uh, without having to sit out a year. Uh, you know, I, I think the full scholarship sports are the only ones that, that have a, a, a sit out clause or maybe it's, no, I think it's football, baseball, and men's and women's basketball. You have to sit out all the other sports. You, you can go from school to school and, and be immediately eligible. So this is just an, um, equifying, you know, the, those four sports to, to the other ones. And, uh, it's going to be difficult. You're going to have to, you know, re-recruit your, your players, uh, on a consistent basis, but, um, it, it'll also make it more friendly for, for the ones that, that, uh, you know, see the writing on the wall that, that maybe they're, they, they can't play at Texas and decide to go pursue other options. Uh, this question comes in from Facebook um, from Mike Hardball Harge. What is a misconception about you that you would like to clear up? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know all of the conceptions out there of me. Uh, you know, I, I try to, to stay away. You know, I, I just got back on Twitter after a close to two-year hiatus. So, you know, it just, it got so negative. Um, I, I, I guess maybe in, in a broad, maybe it, it doesn't pertain to me per se, but, but really everybody like, like how, how, how does, how do you judge, um, a person without knowing them? Like, like how do you form any kind of opinion about a human being without, getting to know them. You know, I, I just think that's a, that's a waste of brain cells. You know, you're, you're, that's an exercise in futility. I, I think anybody that, that has been a part of the programs I've been around and, and my leadership, uh, I love them and, and they love me and, uh, my family loves me. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a meanie. I'm not an ogre. I'm not, uh, uh, any of that, those things, um, you know, I actually really, really care about the people, uh, in our organization deeply, like, 
like love, like use the word love. Like I, I love our players and I love our, our staff and, um, and I treat them as such. And so anybody that forms an opinion from afar, um, you know, based on, uh, a, a meme based on a, a, a soundbite based on a headline, I, I just think that's so short-sighted and, and um, lazy, to be honest with you. You know, you've got to get to know the person um, one-on-one, face-to-face, human-to-human uh, b- before you form a definitive opinion on them. And I just see that too much on social media, especially with people that, that have some notoriety, myself, other coaches, players, you know, actors, you know, I don't like that guy. Really? When's the last time you talked to that guy? Well, I've, I've never talked to that guy. Well, why don't you like him? Like, you don't know him. Like, how do you, how do you like or dislike somebody that you don't know, you know? And so I, that, that's just a, a pet peeve of mine, if, if you will. And I, I appreciate the question. I'm, I hope I'm being an, as honest as I can. What, what was the guy's name, Taylor or, or Chip? Can we, Mike, pull him back up on there. Is it Bill that Horn or something like that? Oh, uh, was that a comment that just popped up? Or Mike, Mike Hardball Harge. Yeah. So I, I, I hope I answered your question. I, you know, I, I don't know what all the misconceptions are out there. I, I do know that early in my tenure here, I, I was seen as, um, you know, pretty heavy handed. Uh, you know, when, when you take over a, a program, uh oh keep keep mother hustles question up there I, i'm not going to read it because i'm in the middle of a, a thought right now but i want to answer her question too um you know when, when you take over a program that you know that there's only there had only been one other time in our program's history where we had three straight losing seasons and and we took over for the the second one the other one was in the 30s um and so uh you you got to come in swinging, swinging a sledgehammer. You, you, you can't come in. And I say that figuratively, uh, you know, I, I did do a test swing on that sledgehammer uh, on the locker in 2017 and I busted right through it and I must've hit a stud or something, but it didn't knock me down chip. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay, but you, you, you can't come in swinging ice cream and lollipops. You, you just can't. I mean, there's a reason why this program, you know, lost, uh, you know, had three straight losing seasons and, um, you know, back to back years of not even going to a bowl game. And, and so um, this, this was a tall task that we were up for, but um, as far as the misconceptions go, I would, I would just urge everybody don't, don't form an opinion on, on a human being on another human being without getting to know that person. Um, because it, you, you usually dealing in half truths and, and perception rather, rather than reality. All right. What, what's mother hustle. I have to say she is, she wants to know how crazy you are driving your wife, Michelle being home all day and who's doing the most homeschooling. Um, we miss you too. Natalia and I, I saw Byron this morning uh, in the, the, defensive ends meeting and he had his do rag on. He looked good. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm driving Michelle pretty crazy. I'm, 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 I'm actually shocked, shocked that, that I am alive and that I haven't had to sleep on the, on the couch at all. That, that, um, uh, that, that I'm actually, you know, sleeping in bed every night and, um, who's doing the most homeschooling. Come on. You, you know, the, I'm out there trying to power. Do, if, if you've been listening, listening, I'm doing the therapeutic power washing. Um, so, uh, she's, she's doing the, the homeschooling. The kids don't listen to me anyways. I mean, like I, I never, uh, she doesn't get special. Oh uh, yeah. She kind of does get special treatment, John. Um, you know, like TD, he's 12. He, he played baseball a couple years ago. And I remember they were in the batting cage and I said something like, Hey, keep your, keep your elbow up. And he glared at me, dad. Blah! And literally like three pitches later, the coach says, you know, Hey TD, keep your elbow up. And he's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gotcha. You know? And it's like, uh, they, don't, they don't listen to me. I'm just, I'm dad. So oh, yeah. it's better for me to take care of the house and, and let, uh, let Michelle handle the, the homeschooling. Cause they're all different. You know, we got a kindergartner, we got a uh, sixth grader that's in private school. And then we, we've got a sophomore that's at Westlake. So all of them are kind of different protocols, if you will. God bless you. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, this is from Polly dreamer. What is the one thing you wish you knew back when you took the Texas job? Um, I, I think probably, you know, on the, on the negative side, and I hate to be negative, but um, just how far behind our facilities were, you know, when you take these jobs, um, you know, you, you interview at a secure location and you, 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 you do a lot of things over the phone and, and via FaceTime and all that, you never really, you never walk through the facility, right? I mean, my first time uh, back at, at Moncrief was, um, you know, the, the day of my introductory press conference and to walk through there and, and see the same wallpaper on the wall from 20 years ago when I was a graduate assistant and the same pictures with dust and to have Ricky Williams and Earl Campbell's Jersey in a, in a case that had, had light shined on it for 20 years and, and everything was faded in that case. And it was just, and the lockers and the locker room set up. And it was just like, you know, we got to go like we, we got to go that, you know, to, to, to catch up to not just our national rivals, but in state and, and, and the state up North. And uh, my, I, I got to give Mike Perrin and Greg Fenvis a ton of credit. You know, we spent $10 million that, that first year on the weight room and locker room. And, and now obviously, Chris Delcani has committed, you know, upwards of $175 million to enhance the, the game day experience, certainly from, from the outside. But, but all of that is, is in order to, to fund uh, a better facility, you know, for our guys to, to train in. And, and so that was that. Uh, I, I think on the positive side, you know, I, uh, you know, the last time I had lived in Austin was 98 and 90, or excuse me, 99 and 2000. And I lived, you know, I had to find a way to live in Austin on $400 a month. So, um, you know, I lived in East Austin. I lived, 
you know, in a duplex somewhere. Uh, I, I rented a room. I, I spent a semester living in the in the coach's locker room. They had a little couch in there that I, I slept on for a whole semester. But on a positive note, I was just so pleasantly surprised uh, that, you know, the of what all Austin could, could afford us. Right. Uh, and and I, I talk about from, from where we live to, to downtown, to all of the, the family activities and, and all of that, the, the hospitality, uh, you know, that, that was something I had kind of remembered how cool Austin was in, in 99, but to come back now making a little bit more money than I did back then. And to be able to, to experience it just a little <laughs> to be able to experience some of the things that that I can now experience and with my family in the city of Austin has been uh, phenomenal. Uh, this comes in from Bobby Burton, the, the publisher. Oh, the boss man. Oh, the Godfather. The Godfather. Uh, looking. When am I going to get to meet Bobby? Yeah, when we got to get well, we'll get through this and then. And then we'll get him in town. I'm gonna. I, I'm convinced that that Bobby Burton and Jeff Ketchum are both. They're just. They're. They're maybe they're internet bots or something like that. They. They don't. They're. They're just computerized, uh, fictitious, random uh, people that uh, don't really exist. But uh, no, it's. It's. I'm glad to hear from Bobby. Uh, fire away. So he said, uh, looking five years out, where do you want Texas football to be? What trophies are in the trophy case? Are you on pace to get there? Uh, well, I, I, I'll go backwards. Are we on pace to get there? Yes. You know, I, I think when when you do, uh, um, you know, when, when you take over what we took over and, and you, you start to build this thing for the long term, um you, you know, it's going to take some time. And I, I'm so appreciative of uh, the, the administration's, you know, commitment to, to that time frame. And so I, I think we kind of all targeted uh, 2020 when, when our transition class of 2019 that everybody wanted to criticize for being ranked whatever 30th something in the country. But we're we're going to have a four-year starter at quarterback. We're going to have a potential first rounder at offensive line. We're going to have a four-year starter at another offensive line position. We're going to have a four-year starter uh, at tight end. So uh, we, we were excited about that class, but but we also knew in, in terms of sheer numbers um, and athleticism, that 2018 class was the the one that was going to kind of set the, the wheels in motion. And, and we knew that when that 2017 class, they're all now four-year guys, you know, Sam uh, Ellinger is a four-year guy. Sam Cosme is a four-year guy. Kate Brewer, Derek Kerstetter, Marquez Vimage, Taquan Graham. I mean, the, the list goes on and on of, of, of some very significant contributors that, that, that come from that class. Uh, and then, our 2018 class when we signed a top five class and they were um, mostly in-state guys and, and all of that, you know, we knew that if, if we stayed healthy, you know, 2019 might be a champ, but we knew we were going to be kind of 
you know, there's going to be a lot of turnover on defense. And then you, you, you put the injuries in there and, and that exacerbated the, the problem a little, little bit. So if, if everybody stays healthy, you know, from a, a 19 or 17 class, 18 class, 19 class now being second year guys, either true sophomores or redshirt freshmen, a lot of them being thrust into action, you know, before they were ready, but, but gaining that valuable experience, I do think uh, that we are on pace and, and headed in the right direction. And where do I see us in five years? Uh, the, the, the same place I've, I've seen us, you know, when I, when I took over the job, um, you know, we, we need to be competing for championships, meaning, you know, uh, you're going down to the wire in the last week of the season or playing in the championship game, um, winning those championships. And then, you know, being in the, the college football playoff discussion when it's four teams, you know, that's a little bit difficult. You, you, every year you're going to leave a conference champion and, or, multiple conference champions, as we saw a couple years ago, out of the playoffs. So um, I think definitely we're going to be competing for conference championships year in and year out, uh, and then being in the discussion for the for the playoffs. Um, and this, this also from Bobby, who helped develop the recruiting game in this game uh, in terms of the coverage at uh, Rivals.com uh, before – Starting 24 seven shameless, shameless plug, Shannon Terry, <laughs> shameless plug to my bosses. Um, what's, uh, what's your take on the, the two signing periods and what changes would you make? Um, so here's, we, us coaches, we kind of got hoodwinked a little bit when, when that voting process was, was taking place. So, we had always envisioned when they were proposing the December signing day that that would be for, you know, guys like, I'm, I'm trying to give you a, a great example here, you know, guys like a Reese Moore or, a, you know, guys that just knew they wanted to go to Texas, right? And, and they'd been on multiple unofficial visits uh, and they just wanted it over. And it might help also the, the early enrollees as well. And so we said, yeah, those, those guys should be able to sign and, and not be recruited in the month of January and, and have that weight lifted off their, off their shoulders. And so we all agreed to it. And then next thing you know, when they, they passed the, the early signing period, they also said, oh, by the way, you're going to have eight weeks in April, May, and June of spring official visits. And, you know, we were like, whoa, hang on. We're, we're not really prepared for this, but, you know, it, it, it is the new normal. I, I do think, and, and something that we have talked about a lot, you know, when I go to the AFC, AFCA convention, I, I go to the head coaches meeting, uh, which is moderated by, by Todd Berry, our executive director. And, you know, I, I think that's a huge topic is we, 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 if we're going to keep these spring slash uh, summer official visits, we, we got to narrow the window. Um, you know, it's, it's not good for coach to player interaction. It's not good for, um, you know, some of this is you're having official visits during the same time that, that coaches, again, this year is different because of the pandemic. Uh, there's no spring recruiting, but 
you're having official visits uh, during a time period where you're doing evaluation. So we literally have some coaches that will be on the road Monday through Friday, come in uh, Friday afternoon, spend the entire weekend with a recruit and his family, and then be out again Sunday night or Monday morning and go do the whole thing. And it's like, this guy hadn't seen his family in four weeks, you know, and, and I, I know they, they pay us good money. I'm not complaining, but I, I do think there's a way to um, meet in the middle, so to speak. So David Bailiff told me about your skateboard at Rice. I love coach Bailiff. And I'm so proud of him for what he's doing at, at AM commerce. And you would ride that skateboard down the tunnel at Rice Stadium, you still yeah. got that skateboard was a long ramp too. By the way, long ramp, <laughs> yeah, a lot of speed going on that thing. You never wiped out, no. And when was the last time you were on a skateboard? Probably 2008 at Rice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I grew up skateboarding. You know, I I, I grew up uh, in Southern California, so. Skating and surfing were, were kind of the things that we did. And, um, you know, I, I can see, I, although I never want to go back and live there, I, I love Texas. And, and uh, uh, but I do see why so many people love living there. Uh, you know, I, I've literally, uh, in my lifetime, I've, I've surfed in the morning, gone to school after surfing, and then gone skiing, snow skiing after school. And so, um, that's pretty cool when, when you can do that, uh, in, in one day. So no, I, it's, it's been a long time. My kids don't even have a, a skateboard anymore. They're, they're spoiled. They got some electric scooters and stuff like that. So we're, we're, we're trying, we, we live in the Hills here in Westlake Hills. So, um, you know, biking is hard. So we got to walk our bike up the Hill, you know, cause my, my younger ones they're they don't have the, you know, the gear shifting bike yet. They're just on the regular kid bike. And they can't even make it up the hill uh, from from the house, so we got to walk the bike up the hill, and then ride around the neighborhood. And so, but no, we we don't even have a skateboard in the house. I know. Okay, so um, finally, what is your go-to karaoke? What's your go-to karaoke? I didn't see this question in the in the in the preview here, but uh, I will I will answer it anyways. It's been a long time uh, since since I karaoke, but um, I can't believe I'm saying this. Young MCs bust a move is is my uh, my go to karaoke. It, it gets the gets the crowd involved with the you want it, you got it. You, you know the whole. So it gets the crowd involved. It's uh it's it's difficult, but if you've got it memorized, you, you can get through it. And um, you know it's a, it's something everybody likes to dance to too. So. Um, that has been my go-to for probably 20 years now, Chip, to be honest with you. And I got to give you credit because you told um, – you said the last time I talked to you to watch True Detective Season 1. Did so you do it? I'm binging that right now. And what would be your latest recommendation? Because it will probably be what I watch next. Well, I, I got to go on record. For those of you that watched last week on, on Orange Bloods, I told you how I got I got hosed on, on season two with Michelle and, and Ozark and how I fell asleep and, and she watched about six episodes without me and finished the season. <laughs> uh, 
I had finally caught up to her. I finally caught up to her uh, like a few days ago. And we're watching like episode three of, of season three. And I fall asleep. She, she stayed up till four in the morning and watched the whole damn season. So she hosed me again. So now I got to... I got to catch up on season three, which I, 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 I hear is really, really good and, and has a bit of a, of a plot twist at, at the end of it and all that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, some of the other ones in, in, in my day, certainly I, Breaking Bad is definitely my favorite. Uh, you know, I, I watched all, I think it's eight seasons in, in probably a, a spring break week. Um, I like Newsroom. Um, I liked... Um, Homeland, but I, I only I made it through maybe the first three or four uh, seasons. I, I haven't seen it beyond that. Uh, Narcos, I haven't done Narcos Mexico, but we we did the original Narcos. That that was really really we we probably hammered through that in in just a few nights, Michelle and I. Um, yeah, I don't. You've already mentioned True Detective. Um, season one is is really good so um did you watch the latest episode of tiger king oh yeah tiger king yeah wait latest episode there's a new one they released a new episode episode eight which is sort of a follow-up no i haven't i have to though now you gotta add that to your list i mean that is it's obviously on netflix yeah go to the same place you did and now go to episode eight Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. That's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Tom, really appreciate the time. And this is, have you picked up any Herb Hand barbecue? Is he the barbecue master? No, you know, I, 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 I caught a little flack for, for saying the words salt lick when I was asked last week on my favorite. I didn't say salt lick was my favorite. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know, I like Cooper's. I like Franklin's. Um, I like blacks and Terry blacks. Uh, no, un unfortunately I, I haven't seen Herb, uh, face to face in a long time. You know, we, we got takeout. I, I can't remember Easter brunch was either Mati's or, or some, uh, Mexican food joint, but, um, I, I literally have not seen my coaches or support staff in face to face in three weeks or four weeks. Now I've, I've seen them like you and I are seeing each other, Chip, but um, not not to get barbecue. No, we, we, we gotta socially distance ourselves. Well, to... and here's a comment from Patricia White. She said, "This is this was really fun getting to know Coach Herman outside of football. I'm an 83 year old, and I really like it." Wow! Uh, and Patricia, this is uh, that's really awesome for you to be able to actually interact as an 83 year old. Cause I've, I've got a grandma that's 91 and um, we bought her her first cell phone two years ago. So, uh, and, and she, she, she doesn't even know how to text. She knows how to pick it up when it rings and, and that's about it. Um, so for you to be 83 years old and be, be able to, to interact and, and um, I'm, I'm assuming you, you've been a Longhorn fan for life. So uh, we appreciate your 83 years of, of loyalty and, um, yeah, I, I hope you, you got a new perspective on, on our program and, and how we do things. Well, coach, we really, really appreciate it. And, uh, all the best to you and your family 
And thanks again so much for the time. Really, really appreciate it. Know you're going 100 miles an hour. You got it, guys. Uh, appreciate you too, Chip. And, um, you know, if, if, if this thing lasts longer than, than expected, we'll, we'll have to get, get on, on this again and, and do it again sometime. Appreciate it. All thanks right, guys. Welcome. So